0: I'm Dave McQueen, 610 News. Uh, Dave, hang on a minute. Let me get the door. Uh, we'll fight out. <laughs> would we'll be coming on April Fool's stage? I am the god of Hellfire! Oh. And I bring you oh. the big ocean! The San Francisco! Well, hey, man, it's April Fool's! Friday morning in the city, I'm what a guy, Bobby Ursham, sitting in for the mysterious Don Rose, my engineer, Flawless Segway. Get out your tape recorders because is going to be one that is going to keep for a while. You know? I'll keep working my way back to you, babe. Yeah. KFRC, work my way back to you, babe. Hi, it's me. Happy April Fool's Day. I'm Mike Phillips. Colorless has so much shine. It's scandalous. KFRC. Ah. I'm sitting in for Dr. Don Rose. Man, it's April Fool's Day. Get ready for anything. By the way, if you're one of the people that has to get up early in the morning like we do here to goof off, make sure you do goof off. It's 6.09 and everything's fine. Life, life, life. Money. Music. music. KFRC's. Music song of the day. Get ready. I'm gonna give it to you, and I want you to know it because we're gonna when we play it later on, you could win big bucks. It'll be the Pointer Sisters singing. I'm so excited. Now sometime today, K F R C. We'll play that song when you hear it. You call four seven eight K F R C. Say what? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the deal is, honey, that Caller 6 will win $610 instantly, okay? So that's I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters. Listen for it after 9 this morning to win cash with Money Music on KFRC. KFRC with Dion taking the short way home. And for the vacationing Dr. Don Rose, I am JJ Johnson. Hi! Based on consumer preference tests. More coming up tomorrow. I'm Joanne Green with Survival Kit on KFRC. Bobby! RC <laughs> follows your nuts I'll tell you hey if I forget to keep on telling you the time give me a call at 478 you remember that day
1: oh yeah I actually do because I've heard it so many times that I've had my memory refreshed a number of times I know that just going in there and sitting down at the radio station I was in good hands because I had George Zema, there, flawless wow. Segway, My my great engineer. He, he just read my mind and he knew what was going to happen and he, he'd surprise me. That stuff. I'm the god of hellfire that kicked it off. That's all him. He just surprised oh, me with all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's fabulous.
2: You know that uh, that uh, is really uh, I think a, uh, a a highly overlooked art that pr- doesn't exist very much anymore. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the guys that you had running boards and, uh, co-producing the shows with you, uh, just made the magic happen, didn't they? Was it, was that, was that Don's guy or was that yours?
1: Well, he was mine at first. When I first arrived at KFRC, it was me and George and maybe a few others, but, but I had George. When Don came in, he took George uh-huh. and, uh, and George willingly left. <laughs> He'd had plenty of me and, uh. But we had a regular routine for about a year or so. We'd get off the air together at three, was it? Because I was midday's, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And then go across the alley, down up the street, down the alley to the bar, Zill's, I think it was. And we'd watch Porky and his pal cartoons until traffic subsided a little bit, and then I. That was a, a regular thing for us. It was fun indoctrinating George into the Hall of Fame recently.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Listen, let me. Speaking of uh, speaking of you and Doctor Don Rose, uh, you, besides the fact that you were filling in for him, and that you that uh, his engineer used to be your engineer and all that, you know what else you and Don Rose have in common?
1: Zodiac signs.
2: <laughs> Neither one of you is in the in the Radio Hall of Fame. In the National Hall of Fame. Oh, the National. Yeah, the, I couldn't believe it. What the hell? <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any idea what that is?
1: I think it's because it's not very well organized. <clears throat> it's not paid, and they're paying anybody anything to run the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If they did, Don Steele would have been in there a long time ago.
2: He, is, he is in there,
1: knows. but did huh? he? Is, is in, he there. in the National? Yeah, he's also he's, he's missing from others though. Yeah, anyway.
2: Well, I just, I uh, I nominated you a couple of days ago.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, For for the national? Yeah. I'm I'm not even aware of the national. I don't pay attention to those things, but.
2: uh, Well, that may have something to, you know, it may have something to do with the fact that you were strictly a West coast guy, but I I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so was Don. So was uh, Steele, wasn't he? Uh,
1: No, he was in uh, Omaha and Oregon uh he left California a couple times. Uh, um but he was born in LA, so he just yeah. was coming home.
2: I want to uh I want to read to you, if you don't mind, the uh the uh submission that I made for you in the National Hall of Fame. Oh uh, thanks. because you might get a kick out of it, but also more more to the point is it allows me to introduce you to the couple of people that might be watching and listening and really don't know who you are because it has been a little while right since well, I mean maybe I know you're uh I'll get the introduced
1: to myself huh maybe I'll get introduced to myself it has been a while
2: all right here's what I wrote Bobby was uh, Bobby uh, excuse me Bobby was one of the superstars of so-called boss radio the Bill Drake designed top 40 radio format that reinvented the genre of the 1960s and 70s No star shined brighter than Bobby on legendary stations KFRC and KHJ. Fun and excitement were his calling cards. Bobby's energy was infectious, his humor unmatched, his vocal mastery unsurpassed. With immense divine talent, Bobby worked hard to develop a voice and delivery that was mesmerizing. An ability that has served him and his countless commercial clients very well and continues to do so. His radio station promotional announcements are legendary. If Bobby Ocean can't get into the radio hall of fame, the honor is meaningless. And I'm not exaggerating with anything, any there, Uh it, you know, I know that uh, you've been referred to as the legendary, this, that, and the other thing for so, so often, you probably, uh, you know, don't think much of it, but it's, it's not in any way uh, overstating the ca- the case for those of us Well, who thank grew you. Up- you know what
1: you said, what you said about me though could have been said about most all the disc jockeys. They all paid a great deal of attention to their delivery and they tried their their best to to be outstanding on the radio.
2: Right. Right. That was that was pretty much the standard. Yeah. Or for the RKO stations, the the Drake-consulted stations. And uh it was just an amazing amazing lineup.
1: It's an amazing thing that it happened because RKO, when you get hired, the first thing they do is take things away. Uh, stop doing this, stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, just do a straight delivery thing. But but I've been practicing it. No, just do it straight. <laughs> okay. And then they let you put little things in as you go. So what they did was wipe the blackboard completely clean before you started writing your equations all over it. And uh, and that was another way they got to keep track of you. You know, was, they
2: was should... that that was the way Drake operated for you?
1: For everybody. You'd well, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that was the be... way.
2: That was his idea to wipe the
1: slate clean and let you. Yeah, his his whole thing was more music. You're kind yeah. of secondary. You're yeah. the presenter of his idea, more music. Yeah, and uh, he wants that to be sparkling clean and just uh, really impressive. And so we ended up being uh, sounding. The same, all of us as a team promoting more music, but individual in our deliveries. Humble Harvest, big difference from real Don Steele, yeah. for instance. Yeah, Very I'm I'm fortunate because now, at, as time goes by, I get lumped right in with those guys. I'm there right with Morgan and Steele, but I was years afterwards. <laughs>
2: well, you were years after they started, but I think it's a it's a, a tribute. That you rose to to that level, uh, because there were a lot of guys that came along after they started and around the time you did that uh, that were great jocks, and you can still find plenty of people who will mention them, you know, with a level of awe and and uh, uh, real kind of uh, respect. But but you, your name is unique as your as your voice and your delivery. You've got, uh, you know, you don't sound like the, the big, heavy. You don't sound like Charlie Van Dyke. And, uh, you know, you, you don't sound like you were trying to. In fact, uh, that was the thing that that uh, got my attention with you in the first place as well. This guy's got a soft
1: voice. Yeah. And guess what? He learned how to use it to real effect. I I, I That's the studying that I did for myself. And it was years in putting it together because uh, I would always try to hold my voice down. I started out with those cleavite earphones and was trying to talk to them. And um, uh, over time, I learned to let it go. A couple of things happened where I, uh, you know, I changed radio stations, plugged my earphones in, they didn't work, and that bored. So I had to just do a show without earphones. Yeah. That got me to talking instead of announcing. Right. And uh, people liked it. Uh, first of all, in the radio station, I was complimented a little bit, and so I realized I have to look at this now and train myself to talk and not announce and begin to take the announcer out of my voice.
2: Well, you and, did and, that, but, but you're also, but you're also, uh, you're, you are, uh, so, you know, it's like, it's like they say, Frank Sinatra had the best phrasing of a singer and you had that ability to twist and just gently nudge, the sound of your voice and certain inflections within syllables and stuff. I mean, you were really a virtuoso of your own instrument.
1: Thanks for noticing. I uh yeah, I did that on purpose. That was yeah. that was part of the deal. Well, I realized that golly, here we are. They're showing me this control room, and this is where you're gonna work at the radio station. I never saw a control room. I saw the microphone switch and I realized that's how I get into infinity. Open that switch and I'll be in endless, borderless creativity because uh, I'm in their imaginations. Yeah. They don't have to see me. There's no picture. There's just this sound and it's a sound they like. It's hit records and here's a guy playing their hit records. You can't go wrong unless you just trash that. I had a great deal of respect for where I was, uh, which was in everybody's imagination or one person's imagination at the time.
2: Did you ever meet Vic Ives?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who is
2: that? He uh, he was a great programmer. He worked for uh, Golden West stations. He worked in Portland. He worked, uh, I think he worked in Detroit for a while. But then he came so to KSFO. KSF heard the
1: name, but I don't, I don't know the gentleman.
2: Yeah, he was at KSFO in the mid to late seventies. In fact, Don Hoffman took over for him as program director at really? that point. Yeah, yeah. Don KSFO. Hoffman? Yeah, you're Don Hoffman.
1: He took over at
2: KSFO. Right. This was about seventy seven. I know that because I was doing I wish a- I had
1: known that. I golly, oh man. <laughs> no, he's he's my hero. He gave me a break. I was a cartoonist. I came to the station to draw cartoons of the disc jockeys. Yeah, where, where was that? Let me go on the air. Where was that? KMBY in Monterey. Oh yeah.
2: KMBY. Yeah. Of course. Well, yeah, he uh uh, he he gave you your big break, and he he offered me uh, the all night show at KSFO at the time, which was uh, a, a huge uh, honor. I didn't accept it because I was very, very young and uh, kind of an early newlywed, and my wife was going to school. And I, I don't I don't remember what the idea was at the time. Uh,
1: life is more important than your career.
2: <laughs> you should have told that to Paul Drew. He didn't understand. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a few people who didn't, but... Well,
2: yeah, we can get back to that. But uh, the reason I ask you about Vic Ives is because he said something to me when I was working there weekends and fill-ins at KSFO. For one of the first times I met him, he said to me, he said, uh, the more energy you put into the microphone, he wasn't talking about volume, he was just talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling it and doing Mm -hmm. it. He says, the more energy more energy you put in there the more the audience will give you back and that was the first thing i thought of when i started listening to you i said there's there's a guy putting energy into what he's doing so uh you know i mean there's a philosophy that stayed with me all the way up until
1: now but i was very fortunate because i started out as a cartoonist and um in my family which was a large one i had uh six brothers and one sister i'd be the and i was the second oldest i'd be the one telling stories at night from the bunk beds so i was a storyteller and then a cartoonist storyteller so i understood the concept thoroughly of radio being purely imagination and that the disc jockey is not the show he's the master of ceremonies that's all he's pointing to the show so it even got easier
2: you didn't have to grow into
1: that understanding no, I kind of understood that already, and I, I just wore it. And uh, that's a, that was uh, very clear to me. And uh, that's amazing.
2: Most of us came came up in the business at that time in the top forty radio era, uh, you know, thinking we were the star of the show, and that every everybody was hanging on every stupid word we said, and we said all kinds of cockamamie things that we were doing to try to we were trying to uh, mimic other jocks we'd heard. And we had that delivery, you know, the one we call uh, the one we call puker is Like good, good good morning, everybody.
1: Yeah, let me see but, if I'm familiar with that. I'm not exactly sure. Well, that's one of the things that happened with Drake radio. Uh, Drake in radio is he took all that away. That's when I said he took everything away. He he his so much of his thing was to remove that stuff so that you could come out. Yeah. And then who came out, you know, who knew that Gary Mack would have that kind of talent? Who knew that uh, Bill Wade, you know, uh, it, it's it's who, you know, of course, a little bit. But but also, can you live up to the job? Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they began taking things away, I, I my idea was, eh, I'll do it. I can always put him back if I want to. Yeah. Some other job. But uh, let's try it out, and uh, I found out that it streamlined me, and um, and I became an advocate. I had uh, I wrote had a saying that I would write and put on the production room of every radio station I worked at, starting with KGB, and that included KFRC and KHJ, uh, although I worded differently for KFRC, uh, simply that. Uh, uh, well, one of them was a question. What is the purpose of this communication? You're going to make a mouth noise. What is it? What's the purpose of it? What are you trying to do with this? Is it a joke? Are you just introducing people? Are you selling the radio station? There's a lot of possibilities. Or are you just trying to vocally masturbate? Yeah. What, what, what all is it going to be? And, um, so in that way, I taught the other jocks to just ask themselves that question. And then at KFRC, I had some sign that says, I can't remember the words, but in all the universe and the entire cosmos and galaxies, every being lives with the great hope and expectation that one day they will be on the air at KFRC. Ah,
2: that's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. That sounds like uh, that sound like your inspiration for your Zork Promo.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zork was I had a lot to do with Zork, but I couldn't have done it without Charlie Van Dyke saying, yes, here's a budget. Here's a limo. Here's a daily pass to Western costume in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh.
2: For people who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe I can tag that on to the end of this conversation. Run the Zork promo just kind of separate because uh, it's it's amazing.
1: <laughs> I think. uh does it work when I move closer to the mic?
2: Yeah, you're fine either way.
1: Okay. Um, I think that uh, yeah, I have no earphones on. I have no idea what's going on. I, I now see me in the in the camera, and I realize oh, I, I didn't comb my hair. Uh, I I get you. You
2: put it. on a tie.
1: Oh, I do that every day. I like that. That's just really something that, that's part of the co- it's a costume. People don't realize that it's just a costume. I'm ready now in a moment to snap into being in a a detective you know a, yeah you are rockford or something that cool where was i I was talking about uh oh well, we were talking about zork and you mentioned charlie zork yeah. yeah well i think there's a a big long commercial on soundcloud somewhere yeah. for zork yeah, yeah there is yeah we had a good time with that one that was just a that was just well it was a really cartoon fun yeah it was I a radio had, cartoon had a drawing of zork around here somewhere have you seen zork <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't know if I, I don't have think. the drawing at hand, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, there's a picture of Zork flying. It's it's a typical Marvel co- kind of comics, and a guy flying, you're looking down at him, so he's flying to you like this, and he's got a costume on. And
2: Well, if you run across it, you can email it to me, and I can insert it here where we're talking.
1: Yeah, I think it's on this computer. I, uh, okay. I think. Well, you could email it. my. Tel- and, uh, Let me see if it's on the phone just while we're talking.
2: All right. Uh ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Ocean. Hold it is up looking you. at his
1: phone. What? Uh yeah, it probably will be. I'll just kind of scan through here. All I can do is hold the phone up to the camera to show you real quickly. <laughs> but that gives you a, a sense now of what sure. and, and also <laughs> I draw all the time, so I'm I you know, oh recognize this guy. That's steel That's right. That's
2: my version of steel. Sure, glad I was able to recognize it. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I had uh, one time. The one time I met Don, I he 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 invited me into his uh, studio. I was there at KHJ to pick up some money or something. I was because I was uh, I was working at K Earth at the time, and I had to go on a trip, and uh, ran into him. Introduced myself. He says, "Hey, let's go over to Nicodel's and have a drink." And we
1: did my office. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that was, uh, that was just before he we went on the air. So I went back into the studio. Yeah. Got to, got to watch him work. It was wonderful.
1: Yeah. What a guy. Uh, I met him myself a couple times, but it was, I would, you'd think it would be at, uh, at Nicodel's, but it, it was at Martoni's uh-huh. it, it had to be either or. Yeah. And he was nice. He was nice to me. He was first, he was full of himself and Don Steele and as we shook hands he even was talking to other people while shaking my hand and not even oh. looking at me. Yeah. And so I I, I, I stiffed him immediately and turned to the wall and started talking to the wall. <laughs> yes, Don, it's been nice to meet meet you. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> and that everybody was looking at me doing that. And he looked and, and that was me. That that was enough for him to say, okay, I give you some respect now. He got it. And now he started paying attention to me. I guess. Yeah. I know. yeah.
2: You know who intimidated me with, was Morgan.
1: Oh, yeah, well, he intimidated everybody. I never got on his good side, or maybe I did, but didn't know it. He's he's just that way. He's a rough, tough guy. I remember him calling me when I was a disc jockey in San Diego or, or something because I was in the chain, you know, and he knew yeah. who I was. But he just was at a party saying, I'm watching Betty Brenman go down on Humble Harve, you know. And then he ended up telling me I'm boring and hung up on me. And I thought, wow, that was – morgan's version of being morgan with i him. got
2: almost an identical story i called him when i was working at Croy in sacramento and uh i don't know i just you know i just idolized the guy and well uh, we so I, I and i actually got through on on the listener line to him at khj and uh i said hey can i talk to you on the air for a minute he's oh sure so i went back to the microphone i said let that know let you listen to a real big time disc jockey in los angeles his name is robert w morgan as a matter of fact he used to work at croy at kroy about 1963 or so was
1: he using the name mark carroll i don't know go ahead i interrupted no, sorry
2: no that's okay i don't know so i uh, i said uh, I, I said uh, uh, hello robert are you there And I could hear him in the background talking to somebody. So I said, uh, okay, well, we'll take a quick break. and We'll come back and talk to him. And so I went to a commercial and then he comes back to the phone and says, hey, you there, man? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, and he started and he just filled me with expletives, you know, just every swear word that you've ever heard coming out of his mouth. He wasn't being hostile about it, but he was trying to show up. He thought he thought I had him on the air. And this was this was before any tape delays or anything like that. You know, and I said when he took a breath, I said, "Oh man, we're well, so that's lucky. We're not on the air." He says, "Oh, oh yeah, that's a that's a real good thing. I'm really glad. Oh, listen, I got to go. Talk to you later." So
1: yeah. He was just yeah,
2: messing with the small market guy. This
1: that's Morgan. Hi, nice to meet you. I have a little interest in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but who you love your, him anyway. I got were, to see him uh, for the last time. He had this party. I guess he was honored at in LA at the LA Hall of Fame or some something. Mm-hmm. And then he invited a few of us out to his house. So I went out and and uh, one by one, you know, the disc jockeys would spend a few moments with him because we knew that you wouldn't be there next week. Yeah, he was he was on his way out. So one by one, we I, I watched the disc jockeys all go and spend a few moments with them, uh, watching them visit their idol, you know, and when it, when, it, when there was a break in the crowd, I jumped in for my turn and uh, told them, Robert W., who could never let you have the last word. I said, uh, Robert, you've been an inspiration to me all my life, and uh, I want to thank you, because you've been an inspiration to me my, all my life, is the way I ended it. And he goes, just the one? <laughs> Just the one life? Wow. Well, yeah. And uh yeah, I took, so he, he got know. the last line on me and then I shook his hand and took off and he was gone a couple days later or something. But uh, he had that cancer, right?
2: Lung cancer. Huh? He had lung cancer, was it?
1: I don't know. I don't yeah, I don't know. He has cancer of some kind, I believe. Yeah. And I I my personal theory is that that building uh, in Culver City, I think it was was a bad building because a lot of people got it from that. Even steel got it. Really? Yeah. It was God, non, something. Got you know went anything. out. They who knows what it is. You know yeah. we we die because we die. We die. What what's the what's the cause of death? Birth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like it when people say natural causes. Well, you mean like his heart stopped working? Yeah, pretty much.
1: It went on who, strike. Who who were your
2: influences?
1: Oh, I have, I, it, I, I have nothing but influences. I started out with a set of influences and gathered more along the way. Starting out, I had uh, people like, uh, let's see if I can pick people you're not really familiar with. Or if I can even remember them now. There was an announcer who was who an interviewer at KGO, Owen Span. Oh, yeah. I remember. I thought he was just the best. And I studied him and realized why he's so fucking interesting, whether he's talking to a rinky dink person or a highly professional person. He was always totally fascinating. And I studied him and, and I finally figured out why he was interesting because he was interested. in Whatever it was he was doing. He was one of the big ones. Uh, uh, Of course, uh, Don McKinnon, you know Don McKinnon?
2: As a matter of fact, again, uh yeah, he worked at Croy in the mornings back when I was a kid. Don I McKinnon? Eleven or twelve. Yeah, he was he was uh, in Sacramento for a little oh. while. Still got the still got the pictures. He was on the Croy Toon decks and so forth.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, him. uh two jocks who who idolized uh him. I'm thinking what's the name again? McKinnon. Two guys who idolized him and patterned himself after Don Imus and the real dance i mean and uh robert w morgan yeah you can hear morgan doing doing easily if you hear one air check of don mckinnon you go oh oh <laughs> and that's the way it has been for all of us you know we yeah. found some as you're asking me who were my influences yeah because uh, i imitated what i i'd take from them but there were so many i had uh a softer voice so i i studied rod McKeown. Yeah, why not? How can that whisper voice print? You know, how does he do that? Yeah, And so he taught me to finish the word. I couldn't say the word like Van Dyke can. 1517 Hagenberger Road. Van Dyke grabs the whole bottom of that. I couldn't get to the bottom of it, so I'd, I'd say the word. 1573 Hagenberger Road. I'd just yeah. let the air carry it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that now, was the salvation for me. I'd just say the word, you know, as if I'm not talking to anybody and trying to sound deep, just talking. Yeah. And then the other thing is communicating to one person at a time. I learned that early on and uh, eliminated things from my vocabulary, such as the phrase, for those of you. Right. Right. What else? That reminds I'm,
2: me of something else. In in the, I don't remember. Your years, you were at KFRC and well, you were at a lot of places, but you were at Kino, you were at KGB, you were at KFRC before you went to KHJ. Did you go back to KFRC then after that? Oh
1: yeah.
2: And what years what years were you in LA? I
1: was in LA. I forget now. 75? Yeah. 33? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: think that's right. Okay, here's you'll know what I'm talking about then because I was in um I was in Memphis in 1975. Uh, programming WHBQ and doing noon to three, and uh, we came up with—I uh, should say—we the, the the company RKO came out with a new uh, set of jingles, and uh, I can't remember if it was a TM package or a Pam's package or whoever it was. Anyway, it was based on the success of the McDonald's commercials. When it occurred oh, yeah.
1: to somebody, we do it for you. Yeah,
2: yeah, you. Yeah. We do it for you, and so the word "you," it was like. Yeah, how obvious is that? So um, we we incorporated that, and I was thinking about you at the time, and and uh, probably you would remember those
1: jingles. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I The whole you thing, we discovered, uh, those of us at the radio station I worked at, I think it was at KCBQ where we made the most use of it because we just reduced the call letters to one, Q, Q, yeah. ooh, ooh. That, there's that sound, ooh. Yeah. Hell, it's all true. And every Motown song is ooh. And uh, <laughs> and you. And so I learned to say, in fact, I, for a while, I couldn't go to a convention without the jocks telling, Say you. Say thousand. <laughs> you know, because I would stretch the words out. Right. And mean them when I was talking about it. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know any of that was going on. I was just doing radio the best I could. I was in heaven. I I I didn't need anybody to tell me to be good. Mm-hmm. I was at oh every day trying to be my best because it was so. Even now I look at it and go, "Did that really happen?"
2: Yeah, yeah. To have that kind of appreciation, that makes greatness. You know, that gives uh, gives your life a whole meaning.
1: Yeah, well, Except you portion. know, I can say that I've never worked a day of my life. Yeah, but actually, I did. I was I worked in the fast food industry before I got into radio. Oh, <laughs> well, we all did,
2: didn't we? Do you miss it? Radio, I mean, not the fast food industry.
1: Uh, Yes and no. I don't miss having to collect myself and go to a radio station every day. Yeah. um, Unless it's the first month when you're the new guy there and it's all new. Um, Plus, I also do have an affinity for radio stations. I like to visit them, you know, and see what they are, because the whole thing was so much fun. Even here in Modesto, I'm involved with the Modesto Radio Museum, which is just starting off. Just mm-hmm. starting off with nothing but old radios on a table. But they're going to uh, eventually recreate the control room that Wolfman Jack used in American Graffiti. Oh, really? That's Because fun. they're so like this with the whole cruising scene. Yeah. And uh, I there's a, up here on the wall, I can't see the whole. I'm in my office now. And where there's a bookcase behind me, and there's pictures all over the wall. Yeah, this picture over here that's a young Keith Richards. I drew that and we blew it up. That's I like to draw black ink on white paper so it blows up well when I decide to do it. But I whoever here, closer to the door, there's a next to Keith. Yeah, there, there it is. It's right. Let me see if I can put my finger <laughs> that, that, that there. Oh, yeah, it's a proclamation. That I wrote, that the mayor then read to me as if she wrote it when I interviewed her, um, making it 610 day in Modesto uh, during the cruising period. And she was happy to do that. We had 610 day. Six, it, was, it was June 10th. Oh. It happened to be, you know, in the yeah. building. Uh, the classic car museum and radio museum is housed in a building that's painted blue and white, located on 610. North 9th street and all these coincidences. Wow. So We've been talking to him and it looks like we're going to park that vehicle there from now on this year. I think it's going to be, it's going to drive in there and park it and it's going to be there. Well, fun. Yeah. It's my, my career is following me around. (laughs) I've already had it in front of the house or taking pictures of it.
2: Do you, do you still listen to radio at all?
1: No. Yeah. It's There's too much other stuff to do. I, uh, I would if it was uh, interesting, or but uh, I'm doing other things now. Like uh, I, since I'm retired, I realize I have to do something, or I'll you know go nuts. Well,
2: that's so what I was going to ask you. That I was going to ask you about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Number number one about how you feel about getting older because I'm I'm right there with you. And then yeah. the and then the retirement thing.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's I'm close. I, I've never I done this go before, he, so I like it. Pardon me. Since I've never done it, I I like it. If I had to do it twice, I wouldn't like it. (laughs) Getting older, older. yeah, Yeah. but I'm surviving pretty well. You know, I I have aches and pains, so I could be a a genuine older person. But uh, and I go see doctors regularly, and I take pills, sure, but uh, but not as many, and and I try to cut down on pills, and I and I really uh don't like visiting doctors or depending on any of that business it's just part of growing old yeah so i'm i'm kind of like in the adventure of it it's like it's like a new gig here i'm i'm playing the old guy and uh it just so happens to be taking place at a time in the astrological history that the sun has completed its orbit around its master sun 75 million years ago or something we just happen to be coming up on that moment now well that's a reboot of the sun and earth and us and everything so in the sunshine we're getting not only rays of light but information and coding and our dna is being updated
2: are you metaphysical oh yeah yeah
1: yeah all the time
2: what were you just talking about okay What were you um, just talking about? Upgrading or updating of our DNA and
1: that's that that's more astrological, yeah. But it's also metaphysical because everything in recorded history keeps pointing to it, from the Bible to the early Mayans and so on. They cross index, they point to this event we're going through right now, mm-hmm. which is the sun completing its huge cycle and Earth its seventy, hundred and fifty thousandth one or some some significant amount mm-hmm. so they're both coming in and and everything in the universe that we know is also hitting this one master update because the master sun which we can't see because it's so far away right that our sun is we're going around is also sending information and updates it's a natural thing we're all just evolving we're we're moving faster now than we ever could have toward enlightenment you could read about it and if you want to study it and try to practice to get enlightened you can but now it's just coming to you mm. in the next uh, months and years you'll notice things are way different uh, eventually we won't won't have to talk to each other we'll look at this recording and go oh how quaint because now we're doing it with telepathy yeah well, I think we even we're in that direction because we are superhuman this This thing we find ourselves in—it's an amazing robot. People are trying to put them together now, like crazy. And the best they can do is say, "Look, it looks so much like a person." (laughs) This meat machine robot is the thing to be in awe of, and you got one of your very own, you know. And you get its entire lifespan. That's—I think that's pretty neat. Sounds like yes, I think there's something afterwards.
2: Sounds like I was going to say. Sounds like uh, you know. For somebody who's experiencing old age and not terribly, uh, seemingly terribly concerned about it, you don't have a lot of concerns about the future in terms
1: of you. No, no, and and there's so many reasons why, uh, from things we've already talked about, like why why resist those things that are, are irresistible, to the fact that I've achieved my dreams, everything I wanted to do, I got to do, I got to work at the, I, I got to keep my entire. Career in California. Everybody I talked to in radio said, No, you can't do that. Radio doesn't work that way. You have to go to yeah. St. Louis and you have to work your way around the country. And I thought, Well, no, California's got small, medium, and large markets. I could just do that right here. I like it better yeah. here. Yeah. And so they said I couldn't do it, but I just did it. And when I was in my late 20s, I discovered some books like The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy and others that point to the what the movie The Secret was pointing to. And I took it to heart and practiced it and found out, oh, this works. Oh, I work. I'm built that way. Oh, of course. I was told that I'm born in the likeness of my creator, which would make me a co-creator. And now we're discovering through science that, well, that's what we are. and The the double split test of the atom uh, uh, particles and stuff going through the double slit, when you look at it, it it goes through it as a waveform. If you don't look at it, it goes through just as particles. So that means just our very consciousness is having an effect on a subatomic level. Sure. That means that this table... Is well aware of me because it's it's living but its atoms are going around at the frequency of table wood table and so it's
2: but you think it has a but you think it has a consciousness oh yes
1: yeah yeah which simply aware i am and happy to be didn't think no thinking involved but there's an awareness
2: I was going to say when yeah, you were talking about when you were saying uh, you know in the future we won't need to talk because we'll just do it all psychically. What will we have? Uh, do we what what need do we have of material objects at all?
1: You know, material. Well, that's the other part. My studies tell me that if we want something, I, I want a new Apple cell phone. You just manufacture it, and presto, it's there. You'll be able to control all that base material stuff just with your. Mind the way we're doing now in slow motion, really. Yeah. Jesus, two thousand years ago, said this format. He said exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying, and I'm saying that if you take something and visualize it—a car, a career, money, whatever you want—and you visualize it as if you own it, you don't look to it like I'm going to get that someday. You look from it. I have it now, mm-hmm. and then you feel. How's that feel? You like? Right off the bat, I'm stupid. I feel grateful. I'm happy as shit. I've got my thing. No, oh, I'm very happy. So I visualize it, and I feel it to be true. It will reproduce in my consciousness, the consciousness that had that. in it. And then 2,000 years ago, Jesus said the same thing in a few words. I just got through giving you a couple paragraphs. But Jesus said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he.
2: <laughs> that seems pretty straightforward
1: yeah, it's also a good boss Jock. He reduced it to just a very few words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if that's the case, then you know we're talking about something that's pretty profoundly affecting your life. Now, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I've got my hand on the steering wheels of life that I never even knew before. I had no idea that that you know I had this ability, but it's it's it is mine. And it's all of ours. We just find it out one at a time, I guess, along the way. And uh, so I've been using this now for 50 years. I'm not greedy. I don't want, you know, uh, I stopped wanting things. Uh, I, I really, what I like to do is be on the other side of want. So like, uh, uh, let's say I want a pool table in my house. Well, so I just get a pool table and have the pool table and don't want it anymore. Until you're not don't want a pool table anymore, and I have a pool table in my house. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, you know, things we've... like that, you know, the, the, you're meant to have all these things. There's nothing you're not meant to have. And so when you have that kind of power, and you realize how how thunderously profound it is, then you start turning more attention to it. Mm-hmm. One, thing. and and it just automatically clips and trims and thirds out the branches of your tree that you don't need such as desire or need or anxiety you know you can live your life without that
2: i don't think most people get there
1: man they always told me i was so esoteric but but yeah that's that's my hobby that that turns out to be my chocolate i mean i that, i like to study consciousness and behavior uh radio i got to be inside people's brains. How strange is that? If I said that in 2000 years ago, they would have strung me up before they did Jesus. You can't say stuff like that. And yet we lived our life that way.
2: There, uh, there were, there were times on the air. I could hear a little twinkle in your voice as you'd say something that sounded slightly mysterious. And I was trying to figure out what is it? He's not saying that he wants me to understand. And, uh, well, that's because you only had, you know, six second intro, but. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, there you're... was something there. I always knew I was talking to one person at a time, Yeah, whether it was a little girl or an old gentleman or whatever it was. It's all consciousness. It's an all it's all that I am consciousness. So the secret is I know how powerful you really are.
2: Why, why didn't you uh, write books or maybe you will or maybe you are or make movies or. You're such a creative
1: person. I've got this project started.
2: Oh, you ought to write a book.
1: <laughs> and in it, I've got tell the story about this, that, yeah, tell the story when Mick Jagger did, tell the story that little Richard and so on, tell the story. Of, and That's it. That's at its stage right now. Tell the story Mm -hmm. and maybe a phrase or two. And then later on, I'll build it into a story that each one of them and then string them together somehow Uh, in such a way that you're not following the adventures of somebody going from town to town, but just the psychology of the person as things occur to them. I think that'd be more interesting if if I can write it properly. So but, you know, uh, I have to. I have to believe in the book a lot more than I do right now. It's right. I notice that I, there's the material is there, but it's I don't you know I think that I, I don't I don't have enough motivation I, when not when there's a pool table right here.
2: <laughs> Besides the pool table, how else do you spend your days?
1: I'm also teaching myself uh, how to play guitar.
2: Oh, that's right. You mentioned that to me. Yeah, off the, before, before we I, get
1: here, you're talking to me at the beginner stage, like kindergarten. But uh, later on, I'll be playing it. and You'll go. You sound like you played all your life, and I'll go. That that's the idea. And pool. I started out being laughable. And the reason I got a pool table was learn how to play pool. So I started with with just hitting the ball and not knowing why it did that to where now I understand the ball and why it's doing that and I understand a lot more about its relationship to the table and my stroke and where that and how that's connected to it and so on so I'm much better than I used to be but I'm still awful uh are you, you self totally taught about, or, huh
2: are you self taught or do you have people or you just have a friend that's uh
1: self self taught yeah i've i've learned uh, it, it's worked for me. It's a format that works for me. I taught myself how to draw cartoons. I taught myself how to be a disc jockey. I taught myself how to play pool. It seems to work for me. Uh, I will uh, ask advice. For instance, when with for the guitar, I asked a guy in the studio I know who's a guitarist. And he's a studio musician. What can you tell me? What do I need to know if I'm trying to learn this guitar? He said, don't even come to me. Until you get 40 hours of these finger exercises, you know, and he showed me what to do. And it's just crawling up and down the scales, that's all. Just waking your fingers up and getting them to this finger and this finger doing not just doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, except being part of a grab, but by themselves to hit something. So I had to I'm 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 at the end of that now, and I've just come to the part where I'm now going to teach myself chords. I've resisted learning. Because I don't want to make any music at all right now. I just want to get the fingers awake. Now I'm going to learn chords.
2: So you've taught yourself the muscle memory.
1: That yeah. Well, that's now that the fingers are awake to be uh, have a muscle memory. Now they'll know where to go for the C and where a G and. It's like and like learning to type in that respect. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. The pool is like is like playing golf. Uh-huh. There's a lot of similarities. Visualize your shot and all that. Exactly. You have you have a, a certain stroke you have to pay attention to. Yeah. There's a way you should stand if you want to play well, etc.
2: Okay, so you, you play pool and you're you're learning to play the guitar. Uh, are you real social? You have a lot of friends? No. Or,
1: no? No, I've always been a, a loner. Uh, cartoonists work in a studio all by themselves, you know, all day long. Disc jockeys are in a studio all by themselves. So right. I've never been... Very social, mostly family, you mm. know, and and other people have I've left them behind because I've left that town, you know, I, I left that radio station, or it that at that radio station. For a good example, would be George Zema, my engineer, my beloved George, who I named Flawless. Mister Flawless Segway lives in uh, down by. North San Diego somewhere. Well you he moved even further away from me. And then I moved away from the immediacy of San Francisco by just going a couple hundred miles toward the seven.
2: Why 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 Modesto? And nothing against Modesto, but I like I said I'm from Sacramento, so I know that I know that part of the valley very well. Well,
1: when's the last time you were here?
2: Well, I was in Sacramento about six months ago, I guess.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, to me, it's grown enormously from the purely agricultural times. But even then, it had tons of money Mm -hmm. to where now it's just it's not even stopping growing. It's growing, growing, growing. It's going to be one of the major metropoli. Uh, I think we're going to be leaving Modesto and San Francisco as heading for the Interstate 5 and casinos off Interstate 5 in our future. I think that's what's going to happen. All right. But for right now, I like it. it I, I thought about living anywhere. I thought about Vegas. I thought about Arizona because I have lived there. I thought about exploring New Mexico because it's so mysterious. Um, and I've hitchhiked through a lot of that area. Arizona, I've lived there once. But then uh, Modesto, of all places, just it, it's dead center of California, so I can visit anybody I want to, if I mm-hmm. want to. I love the weather. It's baking me in the summer and it's it's actually cold in the winter. Um, And my brother has a home here. My roommate for the last 15 years has been his daughter. So now we're all in the same uh, town together. And she spends now as much time at her mom's house as she does here.
2: Who was, I've got to ask on on behalf of the viewers here, who was the woman that a a little while ago crept in and, picked up your trash right beside you and she picked up something again in the background. I'm not even sure you were aware of her.
1: her This interview? Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably Lindy Lou. (laughs) Uh, She's part of our family. Uh Uh, Yeah. uh, She lives in Sonora, but she's here for a couple of days. Uh, Obviously
2: very quiet. uh, I mean, she was right, right behind you. She was standing right behind you. Yeah,
1: she cooks and feeds and cleans the place and, and uh, we play games together. Have you ever oh. played the game called 10,000? No. Very addictive dice game, simple as can be, but it's addictive. You're heading toward a score of 10,000. Yeah. So you'll make, uh, you know, hundreds or thousands of points on your roll, depending. And so we play that a lot because it's fun. She taught me the game and I, I, I happen to be lucky with dice. So I, or so I say. Of course, I'm going to say so. Well, you're not lucky to say you, you that.
2: Will the, you will the dice to do what they what you wish?
1: Exactly. I, I I in fact took them and found six out of all those dice that I want to make my group. So these are my lucky dice. So I proclaim that. So they've they've been that way. <laughs> and then we will play a little pool together and so on. And then I'll I I read. I re- do a lot of reading. I read a lot of everything. Right now I'm reading a children's series of books on dragons because I'm coming to an end of interest in it, though. I'm reading a, a series on, in manga because I'm a cartoonist and this is all, you know, Japanese cartoons. Mm-hmm. You have to read the book backwards, you know, from the back, the, <laughs> the way you read it. And I've also read recently a lot of uh Stuff that we've been talking about, uh, you everything from UFO to astrology, meaning I'm reading, I uh, read uh, uh, The Day After Roswell by Colonel Philip Corso. And I read, uh, I'm right in the middle of a book by David Wilcox, it's the second or third book I've been reading of his. And he's very informative. If you want to know what's going on, you'll read mm. that. You know.
0: the and there's a book
1: about that really fills in the blanks <laughs> thoroughly uh, by a guy named Ishmael Perez. And the book is called Our Cosmic Origins. And I just finished that and passed it on and I'm going to reread it because it's good.
2: Our Cosmic Origins.
1: Yeah. Where are we? How does we somebody, how did somebody have
2: the, the how does, how does somebody have the sense of, of being of everything to be able to write that? like writing a book called, the real meaning of life, you know, it's going to be a bestseller, but.
1: Yeah. Well, this is really a, a vast astrological history from the earth perspective and where we stand in all this stuff. So it goes beyond our galaxy and it goes to places we can't even see. And how does he know this? He tells you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I, I like to have an open mind and keep it open. If pe- people are just stupid, then I'm going to say, well, Biden. <laughs> but if people are, uh, you know, just making mistakes and you give them the benefit of the doubt, that's how I that's how I learn myself. That is my college. You pretty much live in your head, don't you? Well, I allow it to be there. and It doesn't go away. No. I decided to use it as, instead of have be used <laughs> by it. I certainly won't be pushed around by it anymore. No, but what
2: I'm, I think what I'm asking is, uh, you kind of like just uh, being left alone to do what you do, to putter around and to think and to let your mind go where it goes, as opposed to having, you know, sometimes banal conversations. That,
1: oh, know, just... yeah, I'm good at I'm good at uh, doing things on my own, but it's it's like I'm doing them with the whole universe, and um, and they're very interesting to me. So uh, that there goes any sense of uh, work or in, it's all play mm-hmm. and then the, the people who come over here to visit like lindy we end up having conversations about some of this stuff that yeah. it finds its way into our conversations yeah and uh it's just it's kind of it's, it to me it's absolutely fun because this is what we're all about this is where we're really living you know what's really going on and uh and a hint of what to come what's to come Mm. But every every hint, you know, always has to reflect back to this is where it's at. Forget what's to come or what's been. This is the miracle. This is it. Look around. It's just amazing. And the more I learn, the more I'm amazed. You know, we talked about everything having a consciousness. I got tree consciousness. I got lawn consciousness. Mm-hmm. I got swimming pool consciousness. I got a little baby puppy, Maisie sleeping right at my feet here a rescue pup it's now devoted to me uh and her consciousness and and uh there's just plenty going on Wow! i i used to have a wife and so i know what that's like i know the experience of what that is and i like it it's it, when it's going good it's going great you know or when it's not going good then you don't stay married for me i don't you know or yeah you, you, the love got to be here. and uh, and in my life I've been married more than once, you know, and so I've I've given it a chance, and uh, but now I'm of the age where I I don't play that game at all anymore. The whole romance thing, I I've, yeah. I've done it, I enjoy it, but yeah, uh, I, I I don't I'm not the part anymore. I'm not. Yeah. The
2: part. Uh-huh. You are a fascinating guy, Bobby Ocean, or whatever your name is. Where'd you get that name?
1: Uh, I was named Bobby Ocean by Bill Drake. My radio name was Radio Ray Farrell. Right. Hi, I'm Radio Ray. And uh, that's what I sent on my air check to Bill Drake, and he thought that was clever because I use nicknames all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm Radio Ray, but I'm also Captain Turntable. Uh. I'm also Captain Nightcrawler and things like that. (laughs) And so he thought that was – that. they treated me differently than all the other jocks I found out because they had determined, but they wouldn't tell me. They would tell my program director, and it eventually got around to me. They told they found that I had content.
2: Mm. You did indeed. So I,
1: instead of just blithering off, hi, it's a great day. It's 75 degrees yeah. and I'm yeah. uh, I had things that I would stick in there and say, and I did it in – within the seven second framework. You don't right. need much. You just, right. uh, uh Hell, look what Don Steele did with a word we've never heard ever. Don't still don't use in our language. Fractious. Yes. One word. <laughs> so you could just do so much with so little. And, and I had a lot of middle names, white shoes. What a guy. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, Doggy style. <laughs> and, uh, uh, stuff that made people kind of smile about it, and it's just a guy on the air, but he's got these middle names or whatever it's going on. Mm-hmm. I just accumulated stuff, and uh, and the thing is, I I had this attitude in my as I was kidding around with my listener, so like it was uh, the, there's a joke going on, and we know what it is. That that just that vibe it didn't have to be a joke. We just that we had that inner circle of right fun going. And uh it seemed to work. You know, I, I uh I know they tried to typecast me right away uh and stick me in the middle of the days because my voice is softer and not big mm. and deep. Yeah. And most program directors like big deep beautiful voices like yours, Dave. But um so they they place their people accordingly. I got typecast middays just because of my voice. And what I did with my voice is uh, shine my light beyond that particular time slot. Eventually, I did them all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I didn't care, because if I was in one imagination, I was in infinity. So that, that I, I, I did almost every shift at KFRC, except 2 to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I did 10 to 2.
2: Thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for... Uh, And finding me interesting enough to talk to.
2: Oh, you're kidding. Well, uh, no, in fact, I'd like to do it again, with or without the microphones and the camera and stuff. Uh, The fact of the matter is you and I had a conversation on the phone the other day uh, trying to plan to do this. And we spent an hour on the phone talking about talking, talking about getting together to do this.
1: And well, that's, that's really, really all we're doing. This other yeah. stuff, uh I'm glad we have it. But once it's plugged in, it's its job is just to convey things. And I finally get to see what you look like. And uh you can see that uh, what a mess I've turned out to be.
2: <laughs> I always thought I remember the pictures from the I'm gonna I'm gonna put one up here at the end of this, but I the pictures from the from the surveys uh at KFRC and KHJ. You always look to me like a like a little bit of a cross between uh, Donovan Leach, and, uh, and I'm thinking of a TV character, and I can't. Uh, Mike uh, Douglas. Well, maybe.
1: Yeah, a little a lot bit. Of people said I look like the streets of San Francisco guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: I thank you as well. It's, it's been a fun little trip, but we just didn't even scratch the surface. There's so much there. So I have a hunch we'll be talking again.
0: K-H-J revving up a brand new Suzuki TS-185 every day. And in a minute, you can call in today's secret serial number and ride on. You like the big Partly sunny this afternoon and uh, cloudy conditions again tonight. Highs in the upper 60s, lows in the 50s. It's currently 63 downtown at the beaches, 65 and 65 in Hollywood. At KHJ. KHJ Express, chugging through La Mirada, chugging through Seal Beach. Making it through Artesia, boiling through Los Angeles Express at twelve twenty two. This is Bobby Oshin. Two for thirty nine. Disneyland's Celebration Summer. There he is, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. KHK HK with Tom Jones. She's a lady, and that don't matter. Ladies ride the motorcycles too, and I'll be giving one away. I know this afternoon. Twelve twenty five, that's Arena, all time. Liberty Mutual and Ticketron Agency. Thank you, thank you. Summertime, springtime, this song is summer, springtime. Set your radio for Charlie Van Dyke and be on time every morning. 1425, please. Parental guidance suggested. I'm playing at theaters and drive-ins everywhere. All right, you tell me today's secret serial number and win yourself a brand new motorcycle. I'll take call 4-520-1975. Manhattan Beach is on the line for a Suzuki TS-185 motorcycle. We'll try to discover the secret serial number next. Ride the great white Magic Mountain. Right. Now Magic Mountains open every day of the week till midnight, so get more time on more rides. Weekdays or weeknights all summer long. Only at Magic Mountain. All right, I got... Jeff Barrett of Manhattan Beach with me on the phone. Jeff, you tell me today's secret serial number and win a brand new Suzuki motorcycle. Give me your guess. Um, one one four. (gasps) Yep, go ahead. One, two. Ah, Jeff, no. It didn't? No, just for calling, no. I'm going to make sure you get a couple of passes to the 10 Motocross Grand Prix. Sunday, June 22nd, Carlsbad Raceway. Can you make it? Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you, man. Enjoy yourself. More clues then, and therefore, your way to win a brand new Suzuki TS-185 in the Motor
1: a Day giveaway. Tiger 3